and welcome to Crime and Reason, a brand new true crime podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Lizzie. And you're listening to our very first episode, the case of Tonya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. So before we start, a little bit of background on us. We uh, met a couple of years ago in London where we started working together and we bonded over our mutual love of Harry Potter and then I introduced Danielle to Serial, the podcast, the epic Serial, and since then we've always been obsessed with lots of different podcasts, but particularly crime ones, so we decided that this was the year to start our own. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a long, long time, and now we finally got it off the ground, so really, really excited to be starting this. Now, you might have heard about our case that we're covering today, uh, because there's a, a movie out called I, Tonya. Um, it's got the fantastic Margot Robbie in as the star, and uh, I think she's actually been Oscar nominated for mm. her role. She's playing Tonya. Um, so, uh, so we thought it was kind of timely to cover this case, and a bit of a um, light-hearted episode. We're yeah. not going. It's no. It's not. It's not too heavy as our first ever episode. We thought we'd go a little bit yeah. on the lighter side to start with before we start getting into all the murders and things like that. Absolutely. Ease in. Absolutely. I. I don't know about you, but I have been obsessively watching the Winter Olympics as well. So now I feel like I really am an expert on ice dancing <laughs> as a subject. Well, that's going to come in handy mm-hmm. in life, I think. Um, my brother actually is a very good figure skater. Is he? Yeah, I feel like I should know more about it. Oh my god! <laughs> don't ask me for any particular moves or anything. Okay. Um, but there you go. Um, and just before we kick off. Um, as we've said, this isn't a heavy violence episode, but just do your do use your discretion. So, Tonya Harding. <laughs> Are you laughing at the hoovering? I'm laughing at the hoovering next door. Oh my gosh! Right, okay, it's fine. Bit of background noise. Tonya Harding. Um, so Tonya Harding was born on November twelfth in nineteen seventy. Um, she was born uh, to the mother, Lavonna Golden, and um, Albert Harding, who was her fifth husband. Um, wow. Yep, yep. When you read uh, accounts of Tonya's early life, it sounds like her mother had to work very hard to support them. They were um, not particularly well off, and she was often sort of waitressing, doing two or three jobs a day mm. to support the family. So Tonya started ice skating at the age of three. And I guess all of the uh, pressure that her mother felt from working so many jobs to support her sometimes spilled over into how she appeared when she was watching Tonya ice skate. There were lots of alleged reports of mental and physical abuse throughout practice, both from Tonya herself, who said that she would beat her and drag her off the rink and hit her with a hairbrush, but also from other people who skated with her. So some of her kind of school friends uh, report that her mother would say things like, I paid for you to practice, so you must stay on the ice and practice, uh, screaming at her. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound that happy. No, and it's worth noting that Tonya's mother has always denied um, any abuse like mm. well I think she admitted to hitting her once or you know swatting her once I think were her words but as uh, as Lizzie said there are kind of multiple witnesses to this behaviour so it does sound like her mum certainly took the uh, practising to uh, you know extreme lengths but you know 
there's no doubt about it Tanya's all her hard work really paid off and she was an amazing ice skater by the time she was a child and even um coaches were offering to give her lessons for free mm. and um she's showed real skill and uh, and determination from an early age and her mother also said that she just wanted her to grow up having a life that she didn't have grow up without the poverty that she'd faced throughout her life but as a result of that her mother also raised her to win at any cost and Tonya ended up with quite an aggressive attitude when she was in her kind of early teenage years finding it quite difficult to form relationships and her anger problems kind of kept growing throughout throughout her development yeah so as Lizzie said Tonya was known for her real kind of um scrappy attitude on the ice known for being super athletic and particularly good um, at her jumps because of this because she saw it as a real kind of athletic sport Mm -hmm. and actually when she was aged 21 in 1999 Tonya was the first US woman ever to land the triple axel during the US figure skating championships in Minneapolis and she was also crowned national champion and that's a big deal apparently she used to land triple axles all the time during practice but no one had ever managed to uh, land one in a competition because of the pressure in the US so this was a huge huge moment for Tanya and you can see the footage online of, of her landing this and her face as she hits the ice and she knows she's done it it's just pure joy she is so so thrilled mm. um, it's a really compelling yeah. piece of film and it really kind of you get the sense of how much skating means to her by watching that so she then repeated that feat a couple of months later at the World Championships in Munich. And ag- again, your point around pressure, she, she actually wasn't able to replicate it at the Olympics the following year, so she only won bronze. Her main rival at this time was a lady called Nancy Kerrigan, who was a year older than Tonya. And although it was widely accepted that Tonya was the more athletic, the more able and the better skater overall uh, Nancy was the one who was slightly more marketable so she was the one who was able to kind of get the media deals and really accelerate her earnings Um, Tonya was very frustrated by this kind of disconnect between the two things yeah I think um, from what I've read Nancy was the kind of traditional a vision of a, a figure skater you know she used to wear these very beautiful designer costumes and dance to classical music pieces whereas then you had Tonya who was there dressed in a home, homemade um, mm. outfits and she would dance to rock music so they really were uh, kind of polar opposites and certainly that's how the media liked to portray them yeah like yin and yang mm, of yeah, the absolutely. ice dancing world When Tanya was only 15, she met her future husband, a guy called Jeff Giluli, and they got married when she was 19, and he was her manager from time to time. By all accounts, he was not a model husband. He would yell abuse at her, he uh, was violent, she took out two restraining orders against him, he threatened to break her legs and ruin her career. Just a really nasty piece of work, and she allegedly tried to divorce him twice, but was encouraged to stay with him because it uh, presented her as a more stable figure in the ice skating world when she, you know, happily married, when actually she was being forced to stay with this man she was extremely unhappy with. Mm. Um, 
and it's all it goes back to that she's having to counter this image that the media have kind of painted of her yeah um, as the kind of I don't know the bad girl of the figure skating world she's Gosh. always having to fight against that so January 1994 we see what was to become one of the biggest controversies in US figure skating uh, play out ever Nancy was attacked after a practice session at the US National Championships in Detroit. In Detroit? It was Detroit. Nancy was attacked after a practice session at the US National Championships in Detroit. An unknown man struck her leg about three centimeters above her right knee with a 21 inch baton. Luckily, her leg was only bruised uh, and not broken, but she was forced to drop out of the championships which Tonya then won two days later and there's a really famous news clip of Nancy at the time saying why 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 me Tonya then said that she found out about the attack later that night when her coach woke her up and told her and she was super super scared because she had a training session herself and she didn't want to be out on the ice while no one had been apprehended for the crime. Mm. Um, FBI very quickly launched an investigation uh, into the attack and it didn't take them long to track down the perpetrators. They, they quickly started a line of investigation into uh, Harding's bodyguard, a guy called Sean Eckhart. And guess who? Her husband, Jeff Galuli because they were actually taped talking about the fact that they were going to uh, hit uh, Nancy with a guy called Shane Stant. So Eckhart also told his family uh, what he had done, and his family didn't try and cover up for him. In fact, they called a Portland TV station to tell them about it, who then promptly told the police as well. And then Eckhart, once caught by the FBI, confessed and implicated himself. He implicated the husband, Galuli, the guy called Shane Stant, who was supposedly the one who did the attack. And he also implicated another guy called Derek B. Smith, who was the getaway car driver. So there's quite a lot of people involved at this point. Yeah, Eckhart was literally throwing everyone under the bus mm-hmm. at this point. And to be honest, they didn't have a much of a leg to stand on, where, oh, no pun intended with the old knee thing there. Um, <laughs> when um, they were just openly telling people that they'd committed the crime. And, you know, for example, Shane Stant, he'd, staying at the hotel, ready to commit the attack, he'd booked it under his own name. I mean, it was a, it's a comedy of errors, really. Mm. You know, Stant had staked out the eye strength the day before to plan the attack, um, but didn't make note of a locked glass door. So after he hit Nancy in the leg, he just ran through the door, just just smashed his way through the glass because he couldn't get out <laughs> um it's a miracle he wasn't kind of caught in the moment to be honest yeah it's um, a miracle he wasn't hurt i mean <laughs> he was probably more hurt than nancy yeah <laughs> um and he only did it he, d- he, he did all of this for the princely sum of six and a half thousand dollars i don't know about you i wouldn't that's not really enough money for me whether they negotiated it down but i <laughs> doesn't seem like it was worth his while does it not not for uh, the old jail term no. no so Eckhart and Smith so that is 
the bodyguard and the getaway driver. They were arrested and charged with conspiracy to commit second degree assault. Uh, Stant turned himself in and was also charged, as I've said. And then later in January, Jeff Galuli, so Tonya's husband, turned himself in uh, on the 19th of January after an arrest warrant was issued for him. Now, the interesting piece here is that throughout all of this, Tonya continued to deny any involvement in the attack at all. But within two weeks of Galuli having been turned into the FBI, he had confessed and implicated himself. Eckhart, so the bodyguard, Smith, the getaway driver, Stant, the guy who did the attack, but he also implicated Tonya herself. Yeah. Interesting little facts I found when I was researching this. The term Galuli, because of Jeff, um, has now become a bit of an urban dictionary term for basically bungling something and just carrying out an act in the worst possible way and making a complete mess of something. So he's given that to the world. Doing a galuli. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to use that now. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but as Lizzie says, you know, despite her denials, Harding was implicated in the attack. And eventually, at a press conference at the end of the same month, at the end of January, she admitted that she had failed to tell the authorities that she knew about the attack after it happened. Um, so she, she admitted that she should have reported it. And she asserted that even though, you know, she referred to her own mistakes and rough edges and said she's done nothing to violate the standards of excellence in sportsmanship that are expected in an Olympic athlete. It, it got even worse than that. As they moved into February, Galili testified against Tonya and also pleaded guilty to racketeering in exchange for a two-year sentence. Uh, racketeering is an American phrase, isn't it? But essentially... Yeah, it's kind of... Um, it's, it's to prevent... Um, like the mafia getting away with crimes because even if you're not the one who commits the crime and in this case he hired uh, old Shane there for 600 no 6,500 bargain um, he was still at the heart of the crime essentially so racketeering just means that the police are able to charge him as you know as involved in the crime mm-hmm. so Galuli told investigators that Tonya had called the Tony Kent Arena, which was Nancy's main practice space in Massachusetts, and asked about her practice schedule. And the investigators had indeed found a note with the name of the arena written on it and some other details. Tonya said the handwriting had been tested and it wasn't hers uh, in an ESPN documentary called 30 for 30, The Price of Gold, And as this documentary came out, the deputy district attorney at the time, whose name was Norman Frink, actually disputed this and said they had the handwriting tested and it was 100% hers. So it's interesting that even to the point of going onto national telly, Tonya is saying one thing and it's still being disputed by um, investigators in the case. Mm, Yep. And same, same month as all of this is going on, February... Tonya and Nancy both ended up going to the Olympics together. Nancy was able to recover um, and make it onto the team, which was fantastic. But by this time, you know, there was an absolute media circus. Mm. Um, the The press were loving this, and it was, you know, the um, beautiful ice queen versus scrappy Tonya, you know, who's implicated with all these criminals around her. And it was just uh, sort of the perfect storm for them. Um, and so when it got to the Olympic performances... 
Tonya actually had a complete meltdown. Um, she claimed there was a big problem with her lace. Yeah. Um, she nearly didn't even make it to the ice in time. And, um, they were counting down to disqualify her, and she just about made it on. But halfway through her routine, she just she just stopped, and she claimed that her lace meant she couldn't go on. Um, she skated up to the judges in tears and kind of put her boot on the table and said, "Look, I can't. This isn't right." And they did actually allow her to restart, but by this time the crowd were booing. And Lizzie's mentioned that that documentary was called The Price of Gold. Well, um, uh, Tonya didn't even place after all of that. She came in at eighth, um, whereas Nancy won silver and actually only missed out on the gold by one-tenth of a point from one judge. So, um, post the Olympics in March 1994, Tonya then pled guilty to conspiracy to hinder prosecution and got a three-year probation sentence, ordered to serve 500 hours of community service and pay a £160,000 fine. She was also forced to withdraw from the 1994 World Figure Skating Championships in Japan. And in May of the same year, uh, Smith, the getaway driver, and Stant, the hitman, both pled guilty and they were sentenced to 18 months in prison. Um, Her bodyguard, Eckhart, was also sentenced to 18 months. And good old Galuli got two years in jail and he was fined $100,000 for that racketeering. And then even more devastating for Tonya was that in June of the same year, she was stripped of her national figure skating title and banned for life from the US Figure Skating Association. However, Nancy was then inducted into the US Figure Skating Hall of Fame She was honoured at the Ice Theatre of New York Annual Benefit Gala and has appeared in tons and tons of TV shows, including Champions on Ice, Broadway on Ice, an ice version of Footloose, which I must say... I really want to see that. I think we should watch that. That does sound great. (laughs) And she's also appeared on the US uh, Dancing with the Stars show. Tonya, after after losing her career in uh, ice skating, which really, it was Tonya's whole life, She's tried a whole variety of things. Um, she's done some, uh, air quotes, celebrity boxing. Uh, she worked in retail and uh, she's tried out some welding as well, um, which would have helped her if she'd appeared in the ice version of Footloose. But <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> Never mind, she didn't. That won't come in handy. However, Tonya is now currently the subject of the film which Danielle mentioned at the start of this, I, Tonya, released in the UK this week uh, on the 23rd of February with Margot Robbie playing Tonya herself and apparently this paints Tonya in a broadly positive light but has been slammed by some of Tonya's contemporaries. Yeah actually one of her former Olympics figure skater companions Johnny Weir said he was so over the glamorization of a villain simply because she was born on the wrong side of the tracks. While our upbringing may have been tragic, athletes come from all walks of life and succeed based on merit, not assault. I won't applaud her, and I stand for Nancy. Strong words. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Her mother, um, Lavonia Golden, has also said she believes the movie to be full of lies and is very much against the kind of portrayal that it, it's giving. Yeah, she and Tanya are actually estranged. They haven't been they haven't been in contact for the last fifteen years, um, over the allegations made against her. 
Well, Tonya says she was a pawn in the whole situation and she's always been painted as the bad person and has never understood why. So, Danielle, what do you think then? I, I find this a really difficult one, actually, because I think you can argue it both ways. But for me, um, I have to say I do sympathise with Tonya. Skating was her whole life. It wasn't just a career for her. Would she really have risked that being found out? I mean, it's not like she had the mastermind criminals working for her, did she? You know, I just, I, I can't see that she would have been been involved with something like that at you know, with the level of risk that she was playing with. Fair enough, but I think my perspective is that she must have been involved because it doesn't seem like there's much of a reason for your bodyguard and your husband to come up with a plot to take out your biggest rival without you knowing about it because she would have still needed a bodyguard, she would have still had her husband if she'd have continued to skate and actually they probably would have been of more use to her long term. Mm if she continued to skate, regardless of whether she was coming kind of first or second. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, it's difficult, isn't it? Because even if you even if you say maybe, ta- maybe you know, she was raised to win at all costs, maybe she would have risked everything to take out Nancy, who was, she felt unfairly favoured over her. She was, she was a super volatile character. Um, you know, there's footage of her yelling at judges, Wood Gillooly and the rest of them have really involved her in a plot when, you know, she could have blurted something out or, you know. Yeah, although she might have just masterminded the whole thing herself if she was that volatile. I don't think we can use the word mastermind here. (laughs) (laughs) She might have come up with this slightly shoddy idea. Yeah, I mean, if you want, this is is like a how-to of how not to commit a crime because they couldn't have done it worse. They didn't even hurt her that much. <laughs> Which obviously I'm glad about. And Nancy is the ultimate hero of this story. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. You had one job, Shane. You had one job. Yeah. Yep. Um, it'll be interesting to see the film because I know that they've, um, you know, obviously they put Margot Robbie as the main character and she's a sort of beloved actress. So I'm sure she will be wanting to, you know, come out of this looking looking okay and apparently they have represented her in quite sympathetic light so it'll be interesting to see that we'd be really interested to hear what you think was she part of it was she not did she know about it in advance or did Galili and his merry band of men keep it from her to try and become master criminals and also let us know what you think of the film do you think it's um, worth all of the hype that is currently going on Mm, yeah I can't wait to see it so thank you for listening to our first ever podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and we would really appreciate your feedback. You can leave us a review on your podcast provider, be that iTunes or whatever else you're using and visit us on Instagram at Crime and Reason Podcast or on Facebook at Crime and Reason Podcast. So so we've co- covered a fairly, a fairly light episode this time. No one died. No one really even went to jail for that long. It's about ice skating, so a nice ease into uh, the true crime world. But next time we are going to cover a bit of a darker case, so we'll be taking a quite a different approach. Um, really appreciate your feedback for that one, so please do join. Um, <laughs> join it. Join, join in. <laughs> Just done a galooly. Please do tune in for the next episode of Crime and Reason podcast. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.
Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>